Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, 21st of December, and I am back from Canberra after a couple of days watching my daughter graduate as a doctor. Proud parent photo opportunity. Right, bit of market stuff. Wall Street, Dow Jones at one point down 700 points, had a range of over 550 points overnight. And in the spy section today, I've got a chart of the Dow Jones and its ATR, which is average true range, which is how far it's moving from the top to bottom each day for the last 14 days average. So it gives you an idea of how much a market is moving every day. Average true range on the Dow Jones currently 529 points. So it's moving over 500 points a day. The average would be two, 300 points a day. So we're at elevated levels of volatility. Volatility often accompanies pivot points in the market. And clearly at the moment, it's right up there. In the pandemic, mind you, in the pandemic, the average true range of the Dow Jones was 1795. It was moving 1795 points on average each day for 14 days. So we're hardly in that sort of range, but it does suggest we're in a period of uncertainty and from these moments a new trend is expected to appear at some point and the risks seem to be on the downside I'll get to that soon other quick notables overnight iron ore price up four percent if you have a look at a chart I've put it in the spy section if you have a look at a chart of the resources sector it's outperforming in the recent market fall our market's down about 4.4 percent from the top the resources sector's outperforming. All, all that is to do with the iron ore price still recovering, hopes for Chinese stimulus, and also some suggestion that this cutback on steel production, which has gone on this year, is going to show or see some relief next year. And we recently got back up to weight or overweight in the iron ore stocks in the forever portfolio and happy to be there. The other sector sort of outperforming just short term is the bank sector. We are really not in the firing line for the current weakness. It's the tech sector over the last few days in the US in particular that has taken the brunt of the recent sell-off and we've only got a small tech sector. So our market outperforming at the moment and the futures this morning were up six. Our market at one point was down five this morning as I speak. It's up 19, having been up 25. So that's against Wall Street, down 433. The NASDAQ down 1.2%. The S&P down 1.1%. We are up 0.3%. So as I say, fairly defensive market for us. All the banks are up today, not a heck of a lot. And BHP and Rio are up today. CSL beginning to have a bit of a bounce after its recent sell-off on its $6.3 billion capital raising and acquisition. And I've got that in the ideas section, wondering when to buy CSL. Not really in any rush at the moment to buy anything in the current market malaise, but this sell-off in CSL, clearly a longer-term opportunity, but there is clearly going to be some indigestion from all the shares that have recently been issued. So not jumping in yet. In fact, we're really rather passive in the portfolios at the moment, fully invested, but not looking to buy. Other quick stock things. If you're following in Henry's section, 
Immugene IMU Biotech Cancer Treatments down today. One of its directors recently sold 7.7 million shares. Another one has sold, I think, 75 million shares in the last couple of weeks. So director selling in IMU, it's still up 300% in the past 12 months, but down 24% in the last week or two. Afterpay on a 52-week low following Square Inc., now called The Block. It's not The Block, Block in the U.S., 52-week low, not helped by the buy now, pay later probe in the U.S. I missed the 33% fall in MFG Magellan Financial yesterday, having a little bit of a bounce back today, but lost a big customer after a period of underperformance. Not good. Thankfully, we don't hold it. The chief investment officer of Australian Super, which is about a $100 billion fund, says we're in the late stage of a bull market. Oil price down 3.5% overnight, not enjoying the new COVID threats, and metals mostly down, gold down a little bit. Right, to the strategy bits today. A bit of uncertainty coming from a few things. The obvious thing, and there's a chart in the spy section, the obvious thing is a pick up in cases in Europe and the US and England. Seems to be a bit of a peak of cases in Germany, South Africa, but still now rising in US, UK and England. Europe is considering new restrictions. They could come at any moment. And whilst we're quietly sitting around the table at Christmas, we could suddenly find that London is going to lock down again and GDP forecasts are being downgraded. So that seems to be a risk over the break. Netherlands has just started its fourth lockdown. So we wait to see whether this Omicron case number outbreak is going to develop into anything. I've also put, or one of the features of the Omicron outbreak has been that death numbers, particularly in South Africa, didn't really rise So many more cases, more transmissible, but less deadly. So death numbers weren't rising. But there is clearly, have a look at the chart, pick up in deaths in France, Germany, European Union generally, the US and some of the other European, smaller European Nordic countries. So the big risk at the moment is that Omicron, whilst we dismissed it initially, is going to cause a pickup in case numbers that translates into higher hospitalizations that overwhelm some medical systems or threaten to and provoke new border closures and lockdowns. And that's the debate at the moment. And not helping that overnight is you've probably seen Biden's $1.7 trillion domestic investment bill, which is another dose of stimulus, has run into resistance and might not happen. And then you add on at a time when the threat of Omicron and further lockdowns and GDP downgrades, Goldman Sachs downgraded their GDP number last night, at a time where a new outbreak would require stimulus, you've got tapering doubling. So the There's a cut back in the number of mortgage-backed securities and bonds being bought by the FOMC, by the Federal Reserve, each month. Tapering is happening, stimulus is coming off, and interest rate rises are around the corner. Three of them, according to the FOMC meeting dot plot, three of them scheduled for next year. So interest rate rises coming, and it's all coming at a rather inconvenient time if we are going to see GDP downgrades. You can guarantee Goldman Sachs will not be the last major broker in the US. Others will follow and we could end up, if this Omicron thing and case numbers keep going, we could end up in a downgrade cycle for economic growth. 
So the risk seems to be on the downside over the break. Some of you might think about backing off for Christmas. If in doubt, get out is a cliche phrase. But my sister in the UK who handles her own investments did text me the other day saying what to do. And I texted her back, if in doubt, get out. But that might suit some of you with a low risk tolerance or those of you who want to prioritize family over money over Christmas and not worry about the stock market over the break. You might just close out some of those hot stock trades, small companies stuff, and not spend the break looking over your shoulder at your mobile phone. By the way, we break up on Friday. Friday's a half day, probably we're half day trading on the ASX. So we will write our last newsletter, full newsletter on Friday lunchtime. We're back in full on January the 10th. We will during that period be writing Marcus Light, L-I-T-E, which will provide you with a couple of tables of what happened overnight and a couple of tables of what happened during the day when the stock market was open. If anything seismic happens, we will hit the desk or hit the PCs again for you, but we're hoping nothing seismic does happen and we can roll into January the 10th with a quiet bull market. We will see. Uh, Technically speaking, I've put some charts in the spy section today. Technically speaking, S&P 500, you'll see still in uptrend. That has slightly interestingly dropped below the 50 day moving average, which gives the newswires another reason to write a fearful paragraph. Fear gets more clicks than joy. But have a look at the chart. You'll see our market may have come off 4.4%, but it's nothing seismic. The ASX 200, I've got a chart of that in. We've actually been going sideways since August. And we're down, as I say, 4.4%. Our market's lacking momentum, but is proving remarkably defensive compared to the US at the moment, which is seeing a lot more damage because of the big tech end of the market as stimulus comes off and interest rate rises loom. So we're outperforming as we are today because we don't have a big tech sector. And if you look at our own all tech sector, see the chart in the spy section, you'll see whilst we're down 4.4%, that sector is down 11.98%, not helped by this buy now, pay later probe, of course, in the US and by Afterpay, which is the biggest stock in that sector. But tech looks like your biggest risk over the break, although it is very much a stock by stock affair. And I've put a relative chart of the all tech sector in the newsletter today. You'll see it is underperforming. And another sector that's underperforming is the energy sector. As you'll see, the oil price off 3.5% overnight. The resurrection has come to an end, underperforming again. It is one of those headache sectors, a sector that has to be traded. We recently took the aspirin and got rid of Woodside and Santos in the dividends and franking portfolio to get us out of a volatile income stream. It is a sector, as I say, that needs timing and is probably best left to the ideas portfolio than the forever portfolio. One sector that is outperforming, you'll see the chart, is resources at the moment, as there is some optimism about Chinese steel production being a lot frothier next year than this year. And the portfolios... Despite the lifestyle comment about giving yourself a break over the holiday because the risks appear to be on the downside, the portfolios are pretty fully invested. For now, I'll be watching over the holiday, but don't intend to make any changes in the short term, hoping for a quiet couple of weeks. The portfolios, by the way, are updated every Saturday or every time a change is made. So you can see those on the portfolios tab on the website. Right. Finally, in the ideas portfolio, I'm still holding dominoes, which isn't going terribly well, but 
I am anticipating a big Omicron pizza fest over the holidays. Still holding it and Bank of Queensland still on a slow burn. As I say, banks doing relatively okay defensive sector. And I've got a chart in of CSL wondering when it's going to recover its poise, although it looks like it started up 2.6% today, but haven't bought it yet. Also on the watch list, the ideas watch list. You might have seen in the dividends and franking portfolio, I added CBA and Telstra or added to the existing holdings in anticipation of a run up to their dividends. I put out charts at the weekend of Telstra and CBA with the dividend or ex-dividend dates marked and you'll see how it always seems to run into the ex-dividend date. So we're a couple of months away from the ex-dividend dates. So a couple of ideas for the watch list were buying CBA and Telstra ahead of their dividends. And finally, talking my own book because I do hold it PA, which means personal account. That means I hold it in my own name. Poseidon Nickel had some good drill results yesterday. 18% nickel in the ground. It doesn't get to look much better than that. That's one of the intersections. Usually the stock peaks on good news, but that is a solid assay result and puts in a foundation for next year and the return to production, which is scheduled, scheduled for December 2022. And of course, it is highly correlated to the nickel price, which has been continuing to rise over the last three or four months when Poseidon nickel's been falling. So longer term, we'll hopefully get dragged higher. I put some Morgan's research in on POS today with a buy recommendation. As I say, talking my own book, but you can read that in the newsletter today. I'll make a bit of a fuss of it later, but I have a Livewire article called The Big One is Coming. They've taken a headline that will get the most clicks. Have a look at that on the Livewire website. There's a video there, 35 minute video of me talking to Patrick Polk, who's the Livewire Markets editor. You might enjoy that, covers a lot of subjects. I'll put links into that tomorrow maybe. Okay, as I leave you, ASX 200 up 19, Dow Futures up 103, big resources up, banks up, tech mixed. That'll do. You have a fabulous day. I'll speak to you tomorrow.